Hello world, this is TJ Morris, and you're listening to TJ Morris ET Radio, and we have American Communications Online that we now work with, as well as Ascension Center Organization. All things are possible when you believe. We're doing different worlds, different ways to sin, and Tommy Hawksblood has been graciously holding this space for us Sundays for our Universal Life Ministers. Tommy and I both are Universal Life Ministers, registered and ordained ministers through the Universal Life Church, believe it or not, and family out of Modesto, California. So welcome aboard all you ground troops spinning around smartly. You know, what is spirituality? Difference in being religious and spiritual? Uh, creating a way to ascend, understanding ascension with Teresa J. Morris, Tommy Hawksblood, Universal Life, <laughs> Universal Life Ministers for ACO, now, we are uh, having people that we enjoy around the world wondering how all this works with us. And the ascension came about in the early, early lifetimes of many, many levels and dimensions. And the thing about uh, being here now is we're all individuals, so we all have a role to play. We also have uh, gray matter, white matter, and this month we're going to have people coming on to talk about how they relate to individuals and various species in the universe as well as the pyramids. So uh, looking forward to all of you out there stopping by and telling us how you uh, fit in. If you want to join our tribe, it's called the ACO Association. That can stand for Ascension Center, our alien contact organization. Tommy Hawksblood just arrived. Great. Tommy, I was going to do this show by myself. <laughs> um, Tommy and I take turns, and this is, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to help him with the first hour discuss some of these things that Arlene was asking me earlier about. What do we think about spirituality versus religion? And on the last, he can go into all the stuff that he has prepared here. Let me just read it real quick. Tommy, can you hear me? I can hear, can hear you. Oh, there you are. Great. All right. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then uh, if you want to, I'll read this as a race of people that you wrote or something. But go ahead and introduce yourself, sweet. Reading as Tommy usual Hawksblood on Sundays. Uh, yeah, Tommy Hawksblood here, calling from the Big Island of Hawaii. Greetings, everyone. If you're here, hopefully you'll stick around for two hours or as long as you can. Uh, it's recorded, so you could always listen to it later if you can or if you can't listen to it all now. But I, I'm promising that uh, will help uh, in your life, in your in yourself, as you grow through your spiritual unfoldment or try to grow through it. Uh, little pointers here and there that could help you or stimulate the ideas around that. Uh, it's going to get pretty heavy. So uh, stick around. If you've got questions, please call in. Uh, call in after at least let the hour go by so we can have some information out there first. But if it's really important, call in. We answer our phone. We answer the questions. Uh, I answer everything that comes in the best I can. So please, get involved. Listen. Enjoy yourself today. Any questions, just call in or text. Put it in the chat room. The chat room's open. So if you don't like to talk on the phone or talk on the Internet, uh, please just stick it in the chat room, and I'll pull it up there too. So with that, I'll give it back to TJ. Thank you. Well, thank you. Tommy has been excellent at showing up and being very uh, connected, on target, uh, being involved, and we're all connected on many, many levels, and uh, we're starting to acknowledge that, and we hear stories all over uh, 
the universe and we're starting to recognize that we are multidimensionals interdimensionals and we're spiritual but what does spirituality mean and difference in being religious and spiritual because i know tommy can talk for hours if not lifetimes on this because that's one of the reasons uh he and i met i think is to communicate and to help not only each other but uh others if they want to join us and Tommy has written a little, uh, well, actually a lot. I had to, uh, I've tried to put it together, Tommy, because it wouldn't fit again. But anyway, as a race of people, which there are many different ones, we define ourselves by color. Well, at least we did for a long time. Now we're trying to hide our color and say we're all the same. Isn't that interesting? Now, he said all this, and that's fine. I uh, read all this up. He's been doing this for weeks now, so a lot of, of you out there listening are probably following along anyway and uh, different thoughts. So when other races come here, and and what are they going to call them? This is definitely Tommy. There are five root races, uh, at least on the planet, the way that people have said, uh, I guess we could say when we were growing up, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight, right? Jesus loves the little children of the world. And he put in here, there are five root races, black, brown, red, yellow, and white. How about that? Now, they will become one soon enough because the browning of America, they'll probably be the little red tinge and go more brown. I think the yellow tinge is going to go a little more brown. The black and the white are going to go a little more brown. So, you know, the universal order, and it's predicted by Philip Lindsay of Australia. He has a really good YouTube. I hope you'll tune into it. Uh, it's called the what is it uh, the something Ad, Tommy do you remember the one I referred you to was it the yeah, I know it's about the root races well, the seven root races uh, well I just was talking about doing I did a show about evolution and what that means uh, which I feel is much more critical than anything else what how if it's real. Uh, and what it pertains to what's happening, like you're saying, I'm saying by breeding, by by marriage, and and people having uh, children together will create one race. Eventually, okay. I mean, you won't be able to you won't be able to say you're black, yellow, red, or white because you'll have every genes from all the races that are here. And now people are saying they got the alien blood in there too. So then you got a mixture of that as well. But when those two yeah. races come back, if any of them do, I mean, I'm not saying they will, and I don't think many will come back. Uh, if they were spiritual enough to leave, they they don't feel they have to, have to come back to this world for anything. But we'll get into that because I think what I wanted to do today is describe all the things we need to put in the foundation before we even talk about ascension or even ascending into a higher level. Because if you don't know who you are, where you're going, and any of that stuff for real, trying to talk about beyond that is like, well, well, let's not talk about that. You still got your feet on the ground, and you're still trying to learn how to walk. So uh, that's that's where I'm going to try to go today uh, and get into details about certain things about the aspects of them and everything else that man mankind is here to do and learn and all those things that will help us in the future. Well, words are a form of communication, and there's many languages on this planet. I don't know how many of you out there speak all of them uh, or just some of them, and when I traveled for the government, they have what's called basic, a basic understanding or what's called a working knowledge. 
And uh, I was able to speak it when I went there, but there was, they would give you a little, like a week or so class and some of the basic words and things like that that you would maybe use in another country. But, the, you know, the business language is English. And we had a gentleman on from Singapore the other day, and you could hear his Hindi sound in his voice, but he was Singapore, but he said he was American. So these things, you know, we used to, we could distinguish by sound, but even sound, it's not just color anymore, it's sound. Everything's changing, it's speeded up. And spirituality and metaphysics is becoming well-known with cosmology, and metaphysics is one of the topics that is part of cosmology now not everybody understands words or what the descriptions are uh you can sell the sounds but if you can't relate to the sound uh in other words you don't understand the language if let's say you're born in russia and if you're listening now and you can't understand english you're not going to understand anything i say so this show is geared towards American culture, international relations, but traditionally we're going to talk about spirituality on Sunday, but spirituality refers to a religious process in the past of reformation, which aims to recover the original shape of man, oriental, or uh, I guess you would say hominid really, but uh the image of God is uh, sort of the founding sacred text in the world religions. And many world religions, people don't understand this or know this, have fallen off the place of the planet. Or they're no longer here. And I find that very interesting. And we have theosophists and uh, people that are in the clergy. Some people in the military, you may find out that you're uh, called clergy. And in the military, it will be a chaplain usually. But we have all walks of life in separate tones, separate words that are different. And they're, it, not only are the words different, and you may not understand all the languages, but you may be of a different world religion. Like many people that live in the Mideast are uh, Muslims. And I was born in America and uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I wasn't even a Catholic, but there's Catholics here. But Tommy and I have formed this do what's right universal life. And spirituality, the quality of being concerned with the human spirit, soul opposed to material or physical things is more of a simple way to say it. So uh, what is the difference between spirituality and religion? That's a good question, and that's one that a friend of mine, Arlene Harvey, that's moved from where Tommy used to live in New Jersey here down here with me in Gulf Breeze, came by and stopped by today after the Unity Church, U-N-I-T-Y, Unity, not Universal. But uh, religion and spirituality are intertwined but quite different. It's as if if to understand spirituality gives an individual autonomy over his own interpretation of his soul and spirit, whereas religion... That is set up to imply a participation in a communal practice, an interpretation of divine belief and worship. So uh, there's many, many words and many, many ways to believe. And Arlene and I were talking today, and you know, it's, each individual has their own opinion of how they experience through the mind, the gray and white matter of the brain, and uh, how you interpret and filter the energy that's coming down from the highest level that we call the unity consciousness 
And that's also considered the highest level for many. If you can't understand it, you can't grok it, you can't get it, and you sure don't need any of your uh, earthly experiences as far as uh, sight and sound and touch and feeling. And your emotions don't even apply. So what are we? So this is what we're going to talk about for a little while, and Tommy can talk about all these other lower-level existence uh, topics, but we want to talk at the highest level. And Tommy has the ability to talk with me at the lowest level in a microcosm to the macrocosm. And in between, uh, just to make it easy for people, on the planet, we talk about us as humanoids in a physical body. But Tommy and I both had out-of-body near-death experiences, and we're meeting a whole bunch of people and putting them in our association that have had and understand training in spirituality, not so much religion, but if you come with all your past religious uh, understanding and what you brought on, it's sort of like extra baggage, or but it's still translated into philosophy and what you bring to the table, your own ideas and what you uh, learned while you were here. But now when Tommy and I go up, we talk about, and I'm going to let him do that, the various levels. We have interdimensionals, uh, intra, interdimensionals, inter, I-N-T-E-R, and I'm going to look that up and uh, explain that real quick. And we have Transdimensionals, those that can translate from one place into another. And Tommy, in his training, or however he learned to speak and uh, accept words, uh, he he learned how to separate different levels. And I've always wanted him to teach the difference between levels and dimensions and realms, and he knows that from the beginning. And in his way, growing up, he learned a little different than I did, but that's okay. I could get into all my details later when I start teaching classes. But, Tommy, you know, when we talk about the different levels, you, you're you very uh, intent on knowing how to say what you have experienced or know or mean. And some people feel like it's just, you know, too strong or they don't get it because they didn't have your training. But could you tell people a little bit about why is it that you believe spirituality is different from being a religious person? Because you're like me. We were born one way, but we studied all these world religions, right? Well, And you had Ekankar. You live with a Buddhist. But it is different. So let's start at the bottom level. What is spirituality, all right. you know, from religion? All right, and then we'll go up okay, the level. Let's talk the, the levels. All right, let's you know start I mean? there. Because now, yes, in in the in the spiritual world, in the religious world, they have a belief system, or they create a semi kind of belief system. Now, they are different in their own beliefs as what they perceive it to be. Now, New Age people, which I call uh, the spiritual age movement, consider themselves in this oneness, in connection with that oneness, uh, and they believe they are free. So now, that contradicts, now, they will say religions are dogma. Every New Age person, well, most of them will say it's dogma. It's, it's, it's a locked idea. It's ungrown. It's not growing. And then uh, they'll put down laws, like you can't have laws if you're free. So now but does that mean they're pagans? Because you'll hear a lot of the evangelistic on television. Well, see, if you're not Christian, well, or you must be of, of 
pagan or old ancient well, beliefs no, no. and symbols I'm not gonna look at it. like witches and warlocks not, and you know that kind of stuff. Well, I'm not dealing it. I'm not dealing it from a Christian level. I'm dealing it from reality. Okay. When when somebody outside of a religion looks at it, here's a religion and here's spirituality. The spirituality people believe this. The religionist people believe that. Christianity believes in one God and Jesus was God. Now, when you go into the, there's 2,000, there's over 2,000 basic religions. And they're not much different in a lot of ways, and some of them are completely different. Witchcraft, voodoo, santeria. They're religions, but they have totally different aspects of how they function and live and what they do with what they believe in. As far as killing and all those aspects of the words that they use, sacrifice. All those words fit into certain religions. So now, the New Age people, which consider themselves spiritual, all believe they're spiritual. Meaning they, they, they can send out unconditional love and then they can't go much further than that. Because when you don't learn the definition of realms, which we're going to get into, and, and planes and existence, dimensional energies and things like that, you don't know where you are and who you really are at that point yet. And that's the whole purpose of learning all that in the present. But as far as the religions go, there, there's the, the basic religion, which is Christianity, is one of the biggest populations on the planet. So uh, they believe they're right. And now you take the New Age people who believe they're right, which is the smallest population on the planet. And I just challenged somebody. I said, how many, how many New Age people do you think exist on this planet? And it's not many. When you take 7.4 billion people, you break down 2.4 billion are into Christianity, 2.0 are into uh, Muslims, and then you've got uh, all the other ones that break down in between that. There's not many to those what other about parts. The Buddhists, and then when you go like Namgal. Well, no, the no, Buddhists aren't high. It's, believe it or not, they're not, it's high. not one of the high. No, it's not the Even highest amount of people on the planet. Uh, it's closest to the oldest on the planet, which was Hindi, wasn't it? The Hindu Well, religion. Hindu is... Hindu is still not the highest religion on the planet either. Uh, they, you have to realize they were worshiping multiple gods. And the multiple gods changed to singular god uh, much later. Uh, Buddha didn't believe in God. So there's a big separation and change from god to no god to one god. Uh, and most people still believe in aliens as god. So it's, it's such a, a wide aspect of how we perceive religion and spirituality. And now, then we've got myths and legends on top of that, which we sort of went into yesterday with Mike. Uh, no, with John Tenniuga. Right. Mike was Friday, folks. John was Saturday. <laughs> and Tommy I was Sunday. <laughs> right. Well, Go I ahead. try to keep Sunday as spiritual, but we try. I try okay. to stay away from all the documents and, and writings and stuff because they were all written by man. It's okay. not like a deity came down and, and wrote out a script. It's not like it, God came down yeah, and wrote out Yeah, they never seem to show up, at least, uh, from you know, to the masses, maybe. And we believe Moses wrote the clay tablets. And, you know, who was it? Uh, Eric Von Donneken, wasn't it, that said he, uh, you know, he was he was a religious man and was studying religion and was told, you know, blah, 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 and you got to study this. And, and, and he was translating from one, uh, I guess it was old Greek. Uh, he, had, he has to tell the story, but uh, and I'm forgive me if I, if I forget which language he was translating. And uh, but from whatever into his or his to another. But he noticed that God walked up and he was like taking the plates from God. But 
when he started reading it, it didn't sound like it. It sounded more like a spacecraft with noise and things. And, and you know, everybody has an interpretation. But would that still be considered? Because he says don't make what Eric Von Donneken believes. You know, I think it is Eric, isn't it? Isn't he the one that does with uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos and the shows, Eric Von Donneken? Wasn't it Chariot of the Gods? Was that him? Or do I have to look it up? Yes, Gosh. yes, yes, that was him. It was. Yes, you know where I'm him. getting, right? Because that's almost become, right. he says don't make it, but I swear I think that's becoming like a whole religion. Or would it be spiritual? See, there's Chariot uh, of the Gods. Let me see, look it up. I, I would classify it my own way, but I was just listening to uh, Eddie Good. He said he has a, a book given to him when he was younger from an Israel pers- person from Israel who had a book that was never released to the public on Notre Dame. And he was quoting stuff from Notre Dame and everything. But, you know, again, religious people who follow certain people, uh, religions follow a god or they perceive to be a god. Now, if we go to Hindus, I, I work with the deities, Shiva, Durga, Kali, uh, Manusri, and being deities like that. Uh, but when you go to Jesus as God, Jesus never said he was God. Never claimed to be. And and when they talk about angels, which is just as important, Lucifer was an angel. People don't want to look at that aspect, and he's allowed to stay wherever he is. Hey, just so you know, Tommy, and, and those that are listening, Eric Von Daniken did write, or he could say it Eric Von Daniken, but Chariot of the Gods was written in 1968, okay? So it was him. But did you think, because that is, like you said, New Agey, but is that a... Is that considered spirituality? Do people say they're spiritual that follow uh, the mysteries and the chariots of the God? Because even George Nuri oh, talks no, about they, it changed his life. Is that what is? Well, if it's not religion, not he doesn't want it to be a religion. But right, explain well, he's not that. spiritual. He's not religion. He's just a person talking about other people's experiences. He doesn't have his own experiences. When you become spiritual, you have to have experiences in what you're talking about. Then. The most important thing that nobody does is prove those experiences are real to reality. Because I can say I believe in Superman, Batman, Green Hornet, and all those people. But you got to say prove it, right? Just to, to try to get somebody to believe it out there is crazy, and you shouldn't try to. But people get karma. When you put false messages out there, I mean, it's in the Bible a lot of ways too, but when you put false truth out there, you're responsible and accountable. So I always say, the only thing that I'm accountable to is God. No other person on this planet I'm accountable to. Sure, if I go to court and all that stuff, it's, it's, it's a, a game. But I have to stand by my truth always until I die because that is my truth. That is my God. So, well, at least I, and you Jesus show up and you're convict. You have a conviction, and uh, you right. can hear this. You really feel strongly about what you talk about. And Eric Von Daniken, when I heard him speak, not in person, folks, I've never had the money to go traveling to do that. If I was traveling, it was usually for the government in and out countries. But Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken, are you saying, he says that God, or what, oh, he asked a question, and I remember him saying that when I saw him on a channel, I don't know, years ago, folks, but he said, was God an ancient astronaut? Do centuries-old religions of gods well, and heroes... See, Space travelers, but he got us thinking anyway about the cosmos. Well, he see he he created a a a a, a side road. 
Because if you have a road that goes to God, there's no other road. You can take all the side roads and go all different directions, but you'll never get to the highest part of the road if you keep taking every side road. When he said that, people in the old days, deities and aliens were separate. They weren't the same. So when people say they work with an alien, it's not like working with a deity. I work with a deity. I have actual experience. I work with masters that work with me while I was working with the deities. I have a lot more proof and, and, and foundation in that that I experienced in my life than most people do. And it sounds like ego. But I was with a Tibetan master who traveled the inner worlds with me directly. And we worked and did things and stuff. So when I came out of it, I made him prove who he was. And he proved it many times. I mean, ask a master to do something that they can't do normally. And he says, okay. He pulled the black rose out of the air right in front of my face. And I was a magician. So, uh, no, it's hard to find a black rose no matter how or where you search. But, uh, again, the proof is in your actions and, and what you can give to a person. I mean, you could tell a person they're going to be rich and famous, but is it going to help them find their spirituality? Well, you and know how many people have, have been around. Tommy, you know, just quickly, how many times have you heard people, and, and, and I'm not making fun of people because I do it myself, we say, oh, I'm not, they'll say, well, what church do you go to? And, and I'm living in the Bible Belt, and I live down in the south, folks. You can't get any further south than I am. I'm on the Gulf, okay? <laughs> Literally, right on the coast of Florida, I'm very, I mean, I'm looking out my window, you know what I'm saying? And there's the ocean, okay? So I'm very south. So, Tommy, but down here, you know, they claim Baptist a lot. They claim Catholic, you know, the basics. They still religions. But believe it or not, I have a lot of people that I meet here going to church, but they say, oh, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Or I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. Now, they believe it, but I'm not asking them to explain that like I'm asking you tonight. So, you know, what is spirituality? Well, Pete, what is the difference know, between all these religions and spiritual? When they, or what do you think they truth. mean? They don't, they're not religious. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm not really. Even if they're walking out of a church. My truth. My truth on that. Now, in a religion, there's set rules and foundation. They want you to give 40% of your salary to the church. They want you to go to church every Sunday. They want you to go wow, do this Wow, it should and that. used to be tithing. But my, my sister sends 40%. She, you know, she's very religious or spiritual, so, you know, over uh, to God, a Methodist church. Never, 40%? You just said it like it was normal. Where'd you get forty oh, no. percent? Become a preacher, and I had to sign a paper saying I would give forty percent of my salary to the church. Jeez. And I said, no possible way. I said, I'll what give more than that. What happened to tithing, folks? Tithing means tenth, a tenth back to the Lord. Tithing means tenth. What the hey? But I, I, there's a lot oh, of people wait. doing it. There's a lot, there's a lot of empty well, churches in the world. Me... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I want to get That's back to me. the word spiritual. Now, see, okay. spiritual people believe they're spiritual because they don't follow what they call dogma. And they use the word, oh, churches and, and religion is dogma. It's lots of ideas that don't grow. Now, and I say, you can take the Ten Commandments in any time frame, the beginning of time to now. They don't hurt people. They don't make people sick, bad, or evil. So they're still, still livable. I mean, we could live with the Ten Commandments if we followed them. It wouldn't hurt nobody. So when they say we don't need to live by laws, they're, they're creating their own laws. And because of that, they assume they're one with God, meaning they're responsible to themselves. And I explain this in my talks. 
the more spiritually aware you become, the more spirit allows you to become, the more responsible to that you are. I mean, if you were granted all the psychic abilities, uh, you would well, be responsible. Well, that sounds like absolute power world. corrupts absolutely, right? Absolute right. power corrupts absolutely. In this ab- world, it does. <laughs> I've seen people in that say they're spiritual, they start getting a little attention and going on radio shows and talking or going and speaking at events, and all of a sudden their ego takes over. And I've been talking to some people about different people, and they don't know who's backing their events. It's hilarious. They don't know it may be friends of ours well, in our ACO you know, association, if you know what I mean. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me just finish that statement on religion. Now, people okay. that are religious, they're not religious. If you could say, put God's name in anger, which is one of the Ten Commandments you can't do, if you can do that, you're going against the Ten Commandments. In Revelations, it says what can't be forgiven and what can be forgiven by God. So people don't read it. They read small parts of the Bible and they take what they want. If you read Revelations and go through it, it will tell you what sins, what they call sins, cannot be forgiven. And using God's name in vain is one of the things that can't be forgiven. So how many Christians on a daily basis put God's name in vain? And everybody in every other religion or every other path still puts God's name in vain. Why is that? I don't understand that. Whatever whatever religion they follow, whatever path they follow, they'll say God and blame God for whatever it is. Why is that? Well, Tommy, I see God. a lot of people... Uh, that are programmed and they've programmed themselves with things that are easy, their go-to words in their mind. And I've heard even you say some things you've said for so many years that you will you will repeat, like, I'm a rebel. How many times have you said that, Tommy? And, and to every new person oh, that comes, that a I'm a rebel. rebel. So that's it. a major, right. but you just, and so people will say, oh, my God. Is that taking the Lord's name in vain? Would you, you know what I'm saying? But that's what saying you're saying. Is they just no, say, I'm a rebel to reality. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel to, to, to white man governmental governmental laws. I follow spirit. I follow the sacred laws. I I live within that. So when people say, oh well, uh, no, you don't. And Jesus said, you don't follow the laws if they're not right. You change them, and you try to. Uh, so when when people when I say I'm a rebel, I'm not going against God. I'm not a rebel to God. I'm not going against God's will. I'm going against man's will. Man's interpretation well, then what do you of think taking the Lord's name? Oh, my God. What does that mean? Is that, a, is that taking the Lord's name in vain? Or do you no, mean no. like the G, oh GD word? No, no. But you're admitting that God is your Lord if you say that. If you say Jesus, God, uh, Jesus Christ or whatever in vain, then you're putting his name in vain. But if you say, thank you, Jesus, that's not taking his name in vain. That's giving, giving it credit. Uh, it's, it's, it's wording, obviously. But again, it's which words we put with what. And if you're going to use God's name, you can't use it in anger or hate. The same as if you're going to use Jesus' name, you sure wouldn't want to use it in hate and anger. But uh, if you use Lucifer, you're going to, if nobody says, Lucifer, damn it. Uh, or, or, I mean, they put Lucifer there or somebody else. It's always... Because the program's so encased within the consciousness, and I and, and and he just I just read the quote from David Icke, who I kind of don't agree with much either, but he put a thing out there, and they were talking about that. And when you say uh, in the name of, and you use the word God or Jesus and stuff, uh, you have to be careful, because 
what we believe in, we should be talking or, or dealing with. If you're going to curse something out, curse what you believe out because that's what you're living. You're not living what God said or Jesus or Moses or anybody else said. You're living what you programmed your mind and your life to be. So you should only blame yourself. And and I don't even use the F word. And I, I, I and I was I had a bar of soap in my mouth. I said one word when I was little, and I'll never curse after that again. Uh, so it's just learning things that we should learn when we're little, which we're not taught. And now, well, here's, children. Here's the saying, Tommy. Okay, what is the difference between spirituality and religion? Uh, but understood today that spirituality gives the individual autonomy over his or her interpretation of the soul or spirit. Now, they say R, whereas religion implies participation in a communal practice and interpretation of divine belief and worship. So let's say, you know, everybody wants to go down to this church. That's communal, community. They all want to go there and practice this certain way. But it says the sixth fundamental difference between religion and spirituality that confused with different religion. Now, this is just right off the Internet, folks. What's the difference right. between spirituality and religion? You know, whereas it implies blah, blah, blah. And then some people say there's seven different ways between spirituality and religion. And I guess we could break it up depending on how many words you want to talk about because it's sound in communication. And some of us can be very religious and not spiritual, and some of us can be very spiritual and not religion. And then there's one versus the other, right? But, okay, so let's say that everybody listening is saying they're spiritual because they listen to us, but they're not religious. So what would we want them to think? That they, they listen with open ears? And they believe they have a spirit, maybe? What is that interpretation well, in your mind? Here, here's the thing. I never say I'm spiritual. Never. On any show I do, I say I'm on a spiritual quest, but I don't say I'm spiritual. Spiritual beings do not exist on planet Earth. They don't stay here. Now, when we took, what we were saying about spiritual, the, the difference between religion, religion doesn't teach much about a real God. All right? Spiritualism doesn't teach much about a real God. Without God, there's no word spiritual. It's ego. So you're right. People walk into a building thinking God, they're going, they don't understand most. Because I remember the building and talking to people, and they were going, and they didn't know the Holy Trinity. They didn't know if they were monoism. They didn't understand that world religions existed before they walked into the church and just went through monkey see, monkey do, or, God, I hate sitting on this bench, or, okay, I'll go to Sunday school class if they have them, or I'll bow down here, or whatever. And so these are different thoughts, and they're different things, but you're right. They don't know what God, They don't unless they see a picture or a Jesus, uh, or a lot of them put up crosses. Well, well, see, well see, I don't cross Christianity with spiritual either, because... If you put Jesus on a pedestal, which he never wanted to be, uh, you're taken away from who and what he really was. He was the most spiritual person to walk the planet. He had all the psychic abilities that nobody has ever possessed. So that is spirituality coming into a physical reality, which obviously he couldn't stay here. People couldn't vibrate around him. Uh, even the pers- people closest to him helped kill him. So spirituality, spiritual people cannot stay here long. Check history. 
every spiritual person that walked this planet, I'd say 98% of them were killed. All right, 2% survived cancer or disease up until they were older, but they were suffering through it. Many overcame poisoning and different things and, and still kept trying. But uh, they're outcasts. Nobody in their own subconscious mind wants somebody to be better than they are. And that's why everybody says we're all equal. Nobody can be better than me. We're all equal. Tell that to a blind person that was blind all their life. Tell that to a person with no legs and arms. Tell them you're equal to them and say, oh, you're equal to me. Really? Uh, you close your eyes. Well, maybe that's uh, what yeah, they mean spiritual. Maybe they mean it equal to make them feel better. They're talking about no. We all have enough, a spirit. But they well, no. Every being has a spirit, which is soul. Whether they're aware of what that is is another case. Now, people with a disability have more, are more inclined to go with inside themselves and to discover that because then they could leave their body and travel and do things that they can't do with the physical body. That's All right, now let's stop right spiritual. there and go into what is meditation. I always say that prayer is sending because you learn that as a little child if you grew up in America and went to church at least to pray. So people know maybe if we say the word pray, at least in American or in English, pray is a way of talking to uh, hopefully your divine conscious connection with a deity that you believe is your God. But that's sending your thoughts, your thoughts coming out of your brain to somewhere else that you call a God. And sending, that sending energy, which is true. But you've got to consciously think about it. That's what they teach in church. We'll just say generic church in general, okay? We're talking in generalities here, uh, not specific religion. And then receiving, you know, send, receive. And you may not agree with this, Tommy, but this is the way I've always taught it, the simple way, at least to get people to start understanding they can pray spiritually and don't have to be religious is receiving, is being one, being still and knowing. Be still and know. And, and, and receiving energy or consciousness or divine guidance. And you can explain that, but and I want you to talk about that because, you know, uh, the girl you talked to earlier before we got on the show, apparently she's not coming on tonight, but Arlene may come one time or another. She's very big on meditation. She's very Buddhist, even though she's not. So, in other words, she's spiritual. She's not religious. <laughs> she's not a Buddhist. But she believes in meditation. Now, you may t- train people different, but let's talk about me and you. But you're saying you're not spiritual. You're on a spiritual quest. But just for the sake of generalities, let's say you and I aren't religious. We're spiritual. But we believe in going like Numgal, the girl you live with. But she would give us a whole other interpretation, right, of what her meditation is. But do you agree that at yes, least meditation definitely. is a form of going inside and and going just explain what you think meditation is sending prayer and meditation well, all right okay now my viewpoint is different uh my viewpoint okay. is totally different than my that's point. okay we're, uh, they, we're different they people. pray they do meditation. they do their meditation now in the buddhist path meditation is to go into the oneness state into the bliss state uh, that's blocking out all thoughts and feelings and emotions. Uh, meditation, to me, is the first step in unfoldment. First step, not the second step. Because if you go nowhere, you do nothing. Now, prayer, in general, 
and there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. And I would say most people pray the wrong way. You can't go to God and tell God anything because you can't tell God what to do. Nobody has that right. Nobody. When somebody says, well, heal my brother, heal my sick, give me money, give me a car, give me this. It's, it's trying to tell God what it already knows and, and created. It doesn't need to hear it. So you don't send energy to God. You can't. You're not that powerful. So the whole concept of prayer, praying for, pray for Africa, all the millions of people that die monthly. Who's praying for that? And what's it doing for them? Nothing. We sent a plane over there with food, and it was kidnapped by the army. And did we care? No. Well, we tried helping them. So that's the level of, of what we do. Uh, but prayer, and, and I, I, got, I was going to talk about it a little bit with John because he believes totally into unconditional love. But he has it at a different level than most people perceive unconditional love. When you send unconditional love, it's like a mother to a daughter, the way he ex- explained it. Right. But when you send love to a country that's starving, like your love's going to help them eat their next meal, or it's going to save well, let's go your back child on prayer and meditation before you get off on love. Prayer and meditation. Well, no, no, let's say, no, if I tell you, Tommy, all my life, I, I, my mother from the time I was a little girl, I'd get down on my knees and I'd say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But I should buy, die before, uh, uh, is that the way it is? Or I forget already. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Do you remember right, all four exactly. lines or did I? I think yeah, I that may have repeated right. one. Uh, and then what fine. about I've got memorized, I've got memorized, uh, uh, what's the other one that we were, our Father, Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the what kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Or amen. But why do I know, I know that's the stuff that I learned when I was a kid, but it still stays in my brain. Well, the prayers are those we prayers? had to say all the time. They're prayers. They're in the Bible. It's the hundredth prayer, which is the Lord's prayer. It's in the, right in the center of the Bible. If you open the Bible to the center, the Lord's prayer is right there. Uh, but that was a prayer, and it was given to the people, the middle class people. But you have to realize who Jesus was talking to at that time. They were most of them were farmers and fishermen. Uh, but we're sending those prayers. Did he? Did Jesus t- tell us to pray like this? Because it's not exactly when they interpret it from all the languages and from what I've well, seen was, in the Bibles. My daughter gives me because she has all kind of Bibles, and you know there'll be different interpretations. And King James is the one most widely used on on the planet, right? Because but he just like hurry up. It's like Constantinople where they came together and said, you know, okay, this pagan stuff and this uh, blah, 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 this is Roman and blah 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 and we're gonna all get together and, and this one well, guy got to be over more than like thirteen to eighteen people. But you remember the the Nicene and the people of Constantinople and the king you know, made all of them come together and put all that together and then the Germans were the first ones to print it with a Gutenberg by the Gutenberg by the Gutenberg printing press. But all that people don't usually study all that or to know all that, and then it got you know it well, changed. Medicine, we have scholars the medicine now that not, study nothing but the word. But go ahead. Well, the medicine, woman I with, the medicine woman I study with taught me a prayer, and it's how to pray over food before you eat. Uh, and I do, I do it three, four, ten times a day. Anything I eat, I, I will do it. share it with so, us if it does any good. Tell us what that one is. Well, it's it's a lot of work. It's not just 
Well, first thing is you inhale and breathe and relax. Inhale real deep. Now you rub your hands together. And then you breathe your breath on your hands, your palms facing up. The energy of purification. And then when you put your hands over the food, you go around your food three times. And say purify, heal, and harmonize the food that you eat. Now, the medicine one I work with, Ocean of Fast World, she worked with scientists. They proved it actually heals and changes the vibration of the food that you do it over. By the sound, uh, are the vibrations going through everything and everybody? The energy, the vibration, the whole thing, all about it, the energy you produce. All right, well, let's let's share that with our ACO members, our ACO Association. You know, we're Universal Life Ministers, but that one sounds good. So share it again where we can incorporate it if we choose to. This is by choice, by your spiritual choice. (laughs) And I was with my medicine woman 28 years uh, up until about 15 years ago. So uh, I still do it. I've been doing it for a long time. Now, how did she train? Let me ask you, why do you do it? Because you believed that she was teaching you something of value? So people will go, well, I don't want to do something different, or I don't, that's too much work for I eat, or I don't it, want to be seen actually, out in public doing this. You know, you know, people, when they cook, they say if you're angry, people won't eat their food, or you put anger into the food. You'll uh, feel it or get is, we, Right, exactly. We create energy. So why not create positive energy in the food that you're going to eat? I mean, I, I actually ate hemlock, and it didn't do a thing to me. So I'm just saying, when you do a prayer over what you eat, all right, it puts positive energy in there, and it goes inside your body. I'm not saying you're not ever going to get sick or different things, but I promise you, you're not going to die. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying that because you're putting the right intention in what you're doing when you eat and, 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 and everybody else around you. Uh, I do it whether I'm in a restaurant, a diner, wherever I am. I don't care. Uh, so I used to stand in the water and do my prayers in the morning. But it's, it's, it's a different kind of a prayer. I do a native prayer in the morning. It's called sunrise ceremony. But uh, you, you give thanks to the directions. And, 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 the, and, the, and the, they still talk to animals and the, the goddess and, and all those things. But uh, meeting with them is incredible. I can say that with the goddess of the lower realm as well. It was one of the most incredible experiences I had in my native training. So you gonna let that person so come on? You wanna see who they are? Sure. Can you, you want me to bring them on? You wanna bring them on? I'll punch the button. Let's see. Fort Myers, it may be Diana. Hi, two three nine, you've got a southern Florida number. You yeah. Say hi? But I'm in I'm in Indiana. This is Diana. I'm just listening. Ah, Go ahead. Yay. Yes, Diana McClintic, Tommy. Remember her, old ACO Universal Life Minister, has some stories to tell. So she's back. you got a Fort Myers number, but you're in Indiana. Well, cool. It's old home week for all our Universal Life Ministers. Yay. Well, Diana, this is cool. And you came in right when he's talking about this prayer. Did you hear about uh, this lady that trained him? Have you ever done that? I've never done that. Yeah, the sunrise prayer, always, yeah. I don't know. you blow on your hands and you... Well, I make the motions, you know, the whole set. You get down and and make, and you kneel, and then you look up, and then you, or like an upside-down V, and then your hands are up in the air, 
Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> oh, you know, just tell and me you real put your hands over your food before you eat it three times. Well, you know, it's funny. I used to. In, 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 a, in religion, when you pray, you bend down and look down. All right. Most native people, when they pray, they look up. It's it's kind of the opposite. It's 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 kind yeah, of funny in a way to me. Why is that? Well, anybody studied that? Up. You do end up looking up. First you're kneeling down, and then you get back up, and then you put your hands up in the air and look up. That's that's the prayer I learned. What, in, in Catholic Church? No, no, no. This is a no church. <laughs> the, oh, no church. church. Catholic Church. I'm talking about church, religion, because they, they stay on their knees the whole time, and they're looking down, and they pray, and then when, they, when their uh, prayer is done, they look up. But uh, I went to church. Oh, no, no, no. no I'm talking all right, so there's all kind of prayers, and there's all kind of ways to do it. And is it spiritual or is it religious? Is it, when you learn how to pray it's based spiritual. on how... No, no. When you learn to work with energy, it, it's a small... I won't say it's spiritual to the mass. It's the beginning of understanding spiritual energy, which is where the beginning starts. You have to understand what you're going to deal with. You want to become a healer, you have to learn about energy. You have to learn about how it radiates, how you create energy in your body, how you send it out mm-hmm. through your body. I mean, and we all do it, sometimes in a bad way, sometimes in a good way. But being aware of that is so important. Well, why uh, is New Age is classified with all the healers? And I never really liked the word New Age. I use Ascension Age and Christ Consciousness and the Cure of Light. <laughs> they don't like the word New Age because it's a new religion. No, I don't use New Age. Therapeutic touch. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of words for people that do healing work. Uh, yeah, so you use therapeutic, therapeutic touch. I, I studied with Max Christopher and uh, Max Christi- Christopher in, in Kangoon, and I learned all the different ways to do healing work with your hands and fingers and, and just holding your hands over a person. I mean, we made people jump up and down and bounce around and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's psychic energy. It's not above yeah. that. I mean, people want to say it's so spiritual. No, psychic abilities. I was going to, I mean, somebody asked me the other day to say them. There's over 150. The basic ones are about 32. And I could name them, but I don't feel like going through that list. But uh, they're, they're the first aspect of learning spirituality. And ascend, ascension is 32. Once you attain out-of-body experience, telepathy, clairvoyance, clairaudio, and all those words, ESP, mediumship, and you learn all that, then you can go through ascension. But you have to learn them all. Well, that's the old schools. And I, I came in and opened up the ascension ancient mystery schools and before we had the Internet. And the people were calling me from all over the world somehow because they saw my pyramid with the lines through it, and I put it in the paper. And putting an advertisement, folks, of any kind in Hawaii, in the Honolulu, and you can appreciate this, Tommy, living there, it's like an act of Congress. You know, it's almost like they don't want you to do anything, and they got to know who you are, why you you got to third degree back in the eighties when I lived in you know, eighty nine to ninety four when I lived in Hawaii. But that has to do with the change, with the ascension, and opening up the ancient mystery schools, meaning knowledge I was going to bring and share, which we're doing now, and that has to do with spirituality. But it's easier, Tommy, to generalize and say, okay, spirituality versus religion. I don't know if, if Diana, 
would you agree with that? Because you know what I'm saying. How many people say they're spiritual and not religious? You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, always. I don't claim to be religious. TJ, you know what not religious means? They don't believe in Christ. That's what it means. Oh, well, then I'm religious. people don't believe in Christ, so it it separates them. Because if you believe in Christ, that's Christianity. Uh, Not that they know what Christ was, but that... Well, there's other religions besides Christianity. If I work with Mary and Mary, I must believe in Christ. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, then we've got a whole new thing. We've got to chart out a whole new thing here, Tommy. Because, you know, we're talking in general for everybody listening to us as the ACO Association for Ascension Center Organization, but we're spiritual. We're not religious. <laughs> so, you know, we're universal no. life ministers. We all three agreed to that, and so did uh, – it was sort of weird. Bill did it, Diana did it, you did it, and I did it. We're the four main well, my, uh, no, my point, Nicole, leaders of this, my, this, my, this Sunday thing. My, what? My, my, Partner calls me, my partner calls me a Christian. She goes, you religious stuff. She always says that to me. Uh, when we Is talk she about, trying to put you down because you're not Buddhist? <laughs> no, but, no. Well, she wants me to follow her path, but, you know, I don't consider Jesus a religion. He never taught a religion. So the idea of religion is still a man-made idea, the same as new right. age or spirituality. And my kids li- love it. My kids listen to it on TV and all these new guys with telling them, and they're young guys in their 20s and 30s, and the people next door, and all you know, all the ones close to them go down to the high school here in Gulf Breeze and listen to that young guy. And I went, and he was mostly, he already had his focus on the adults that were young having kids. And none of it applied to me. I didn't learn a thing. So I guess we got to talk about, you know, not only are there separation in spirituality and religions, but just going and people that are forming new churches. Some of the old churches and old ways, all the their people, you know, they should use them for homeless shelters or feed the poor or something. So many old buildings not used anymore. But spirituality, what well, we did. You know the word. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, those dogs are going to die with that. That set the Now Jesus walked. When Jesus walked, he said uh, to his to his followers, "Leave your families, leave your children, and follow me." He didn't say bring your family. He didn't say bring your children. He said walk away from them. So that alone, Christianity doesn't understand it. Uh, they think the opposite of what it means. But we have to look deeper into whatever you assume we think we know. As far as especially when people try to translate words and. And even the uh, Emerald Tablets, Dorothy Atlantean, when he talked about uh, spiritualism and, and going into the spiritual realm and things like that. Uh, let me just say this. The medicine woman I studied with went with an Aborigine tribe into the mountains. She learned the secret technique for ascension. There's a, there's a whole set of movements done to get into the pyramid, which Jesus did. After he went in the pyramid, that's when he learned all his psychic abilities. So I'm saying most people, when they say they go to ascension, they go on into the astral plane. That doesn't mean they ascended. It means they ascend into the astral plane. Now, getting back to when, when we talk about ascension and these beings that say they are doing it, when Thought the Atlantean talked about it, uh, he explained that in detail. But getting back to this woman, she was at this Aborigine tribe. They showed her the technique. They brought her into a pyramid. It's called the Woman's Pyramid because... 
all the men that got involved with trying to open up the pyramid died. Only two women were allowed inside, and she was one of them. Inside the pyramid, there was two statues. All right? Uh, I'm not going to say who they were, but there was two statues inside that pyramid. And then they had to close it back up because they couldn't let religion know that. So well, go ahead. They were, tell us tell us what you know because that's not fair. The door was closed. Were they aliens? <laughs> were they animals? What were no, they? No, one was Jesus and one was the female goddess. Well, that's so, what my brain saw there. was a male yeah. and female. <laughs> it just seems like no, the no, zero one. If you're not one, you're the other. And people will say that there were no morphodites. There were no both. But something tells well, me there was both at one time. But some people argue well, in any religion or any spirit that no, there's only one another. Look at all the animals, the trees. You know, you, they have to be pollen and pollinate. And this is a binary or zero one universe. I was I was, was in a newborn nursery. We had babies that had both. So you did have there is people and yes. So Diana is telling you folks that there still is beings on this planet born with both sexes. Now in everyone and in, in in India and is and others, uh, what countries feel like they're not. Uh, Accepted. It's all world. Diana, you being a nurse, registered nurse, 30 years experience in a PhD and all that. What uh, what does that mean to people? Do they think in their religions or spirituality? You know what I'm saying. A lot of these old cultures think they're what? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they're blessed or like a goddess or god or they are cursed. No, they, they just think it is a deformity. A deformity. They're just, those kids are deformed. They're just born that way. Well, I'm sorry. We have wait, TJ. We have people being born with gills. Up until the early uh, yeah. early twenties, we have people born with tails. And and, and this yeah. is no lie, TJ. My and daughter was born with a tail. My it. mother, my sister, my know. mother, my sister, and they had the tails removed. And my mother had scoliosis yeah. of the spine. But my daughter had a. She still thinks she. She gets, "Mommy, why'd you let him cut my tail off?" I'm like, "Baby, mommy wasn't even. I mean, I died and came back, but they had a hard time keeping me in my life. And she and I didn't get bonded for the first six weeks. I wasn't even conscious. You know, they had to teach me how to breathe and walk again after dying. I mean, literally dying for over six minutes, which was impossible. <laughs> but I stayed out of out of body for a long time. But while I uh, while I was unconscious for several weeks, you know they I, they couldn't put the name on the birth certificate. They they wouldn't they wanted me to be conscious, the mother to be conscious, and they waited. Uh, you know she and I didn't bond for that. We still have this wall because we didn't bond like mama and you know I didn't get to feed her, breastfeed her, or do any of those things. But she was a blue baby and she was from another planet and she knew that. She came in with her knowledge of being from out in space. So being born, but she. She has a, a, you know, like a dimple and a scar, and from the time she was born, and you know, they had to tell me, and my parents waited, my mother and my husband, my grandma, they had to wait until they brought me home two or three months later, and uh, I was still could walk around, and I was still like having hepatitis when I was a kid, walking around and couldn't hardly, you know, do anything for myself. It was weird, but they finally brought me up to the crib and had me look at the baby. 
because she and I didn't bond, and it was like trying to stay alive, and just it's hard to even know I was on the planet. But then when I looked at her, I said, "What's that?" They said, "We knew that, you know." And and mom, I knew it was something creepy because no, normally we're just everyday people, but they were being real solace and. They said, well, we had to operate. I said, what? Said so she was born with a tail, <laughs> and they had to take it off. But my husband, I still remember the picture in my mind, and we can talk about that too, Tommy, about the screen of the mind and the pineal gland. But when I can see him at his age in that door of the of the room and looking over at me real sad and confused and looking at me, and that she was born with a tail. But then Mom said, you know, Brenda, had a, your sister was born with a tail. She has that dimple now. And I had that. And they cut it off. But she studied it, and it has something to do with the good part of your, like your immune system is at the bottom of your tail. Do you know what I'm talking about, Diana? You're the medical person. There's more about the, your, in your bone and in your spine at the, and the spleen and all that. Something to do with the immune system. You may or may not know that, right? They didn't. They didn't consider that part of the immune system. They just carried it as deformity and took it off. Well, you know, modern medicine doesn't think like that. Maybe they do now, but back then, modern medicine was that's not normal. That's got to go. Well, that's their their genitals are their tail is the back spine. So some people have are born like more. It's called morphodites, isn't it? Where they're born morphed or uh, let me look up the word, folks. Morphodite. No, that that's right? when they have both organs. That's when they have balls and a vagina. <laughs> well, we're talking about that, aren't we? Male and female, the gods. You were talking, you, yeah, but you were talking about the tail. <laughs> right. They just ch- whack it yeah, off. The tail doesn't fit with that, right? The t- yeah, my daughter feels like she should have. Well, now she's got cancer, but that bothers her that she had her tail cut off. But I think also if you think of uh, the movie Avatar, you know, the, the blue and right. Tommy. You remember I always told you Gigi because you knew about the blue and knew about them. Okay, let me just real quickly morphodite uh, dictionary definition. Uh, are you kidding me? Shit. Definition of morphodite. Okay, swing. Person having both male and female sex characteristics. Uh, in later use, a homosexual man or woman, especially one overtly manifesting features or attributes regarding a characteristic of the opposite sex, a transvestite. Uh, okay, interesting collection of thoughts here. All right, so going from prayer and meditation, we morphed into a god and goddess behind uh a vault and a pyramid to being born with both genitals to a tail. Interesting conversation. <laughs> All right, so Tommy and, and, and uh, Diana, back to you definitely know that you can heal, and you're both healers, as am I, but we're, uh, we've had some tight Things have changed for Diana coming on for years and explaining how at one time, and it may be more lax now, Diana, but they wouldn't let you do certain things, whether you're religious or spiritual. But because you said you were healing manifestation as a metaphysician, which we are, Jesus was the strongest and most powerful next to King Solomon. Our Solomon 
And Jesus referred to Solomon people, at least in the in the Bible that we use, or the words we use, okay, on Sunday and manifesting uh, spirituality, our uh, universal life ministers, which we claim to be, meaning universal, we believe in many, many universes. But in the Modesto that we have, we have an online ministry if people want to debate. Most people feel like they're called by God to be in the clergy or to be following or talking about for God and helping people understand as spiritual uh, counselors or, or clergymen or if you want to put reverend in whatever, uh, minister, priest, helping people. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to establish a base here of what it is we're going to all work together. Basically, they say, the one that we're with, do what is right. Just do what's right. And I don't know that, that that's as simple as they get. They changed that from a long time ago, about years. But, Tommy, I don't know if you and Diane have gone on to Universal Life in this Modesto, but the uh, head preacher that runs it now, he Made sure I knew I'd been one. But remember, guys, when we – I did it on July 4th, 2015, but I left all my uh, credentials back in – or was it – do you all remember? We did 12, 13, 14 when, for the radio show. Anyway, I don't remember when you all joined the Universal Life, but it sort of changed. There's two of them now. You know that. Well, I was in we it talk. way before I, before I – I was in it before I met you. And you don't know how many years. And Diana, you couldn't remember what year you joined either, could you? As a universal well, life minister. I've been living on the road, so it must have been 2011, 12. Okay. Hold on. But anyway, folks, we can marry people, and we've got certificates, and you can get them too. But you have, you know, you feel like you're called, and that was one of the rules for me being a woman, especially in the South. And uh, fortunately, I was ordained in a pyramid, a gold pyramid, and we're having some pyramidology people. Pyramid people, uh, are, you know, we say alien civilizations exist. We use ACE and Ascension Center Organization, ACO. We have ACO Association universally, acoassociation.com. You can read our articles and bylaws, blah, blah, blah. But we go ahead and we all agreed when we started this back in the day, radio show, that we would all commit to at least having that because in Hollywood they were – it was a time when they were saying everybody, you know, we can marry people and it didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But let's say this – now, Tommy, help me out here, and Diana, I'm going to ask you both what you think. You feel like something drives you, your higher guides, your divine spirit, going up to unity consciousness with the one or God or your God. But, Tommy, we'll go into that with Diana, too. Give you each a chance. We've got a few minutes here. Universal life, each of us is an individual spirit. We understand prayer and meditation. And uh, Tommy and I said he thinks a little different than I do, and, Di- and Diana can. But right now, how do you feel do you feel like you've been called? Do you have a calling? Because we we keep showing up here. It doesn't matter how much time goes by. Diana comes back. I well, come back. One of you answer. Well, uh, do you feel like you have a calling of spirit or by God? Or, all right. I was ordained I because I said I was called by God, and I had a laying on of hands in a gold pyramid. That's my story, and I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, I went through that in 97. All right, I became a minister. So, uh, I mean, I was going to become a preacher when I was uh, 19. But in the interim, I, I learned a lot over time. What I believed in, what I didn't know, what I filled in, what I started experiencing. 
showed me everything that, that was in there was mostly programs given to me. Uh, I do not believe I'm here for the world. I don't believe soul comes down to this world for, for the world either. We're not, oh, I got a corn to save the world. Nobody has a corn. You can believe what you want. You can create whatever you believe. But that doesn't mean what your soul... I was going to get into that today as well. What our soul purpose is really... Soul's here to understand itself and its connection to God, not to understand its connection to every other person that walks this planet. It's not here to save everybody else that walks the planet. I mean, we could choose to do that while we're here. It's not a bad thing, but we don't help well, that we're many sharing. people. We, that's what I was asking. We're meeting here. We've got something in common. We call it Universal Life Ministry, at least, to give us some kind of, I don't know, connection to something that we don't feel like we're just flapping out. Our, our jaws, but we're trying to find, you know, do what's right, teach about spirit versus religion, <laughs> whatever else we want to talk about, morphodites and people being born with tails and blue, I don't know, but, you know, being serious, being called as a healer, a spiritual healer, you know, and Tommy, you, well, see, you know what I'm talking that. about, I'm trying to find us a foundation here, <laughs> we have articles well, and bylaws, we, folks. <laughs> I say this, this things we can give to people that will help them find who they are, all right? You can't take a person's karma away. No matter what we tell somebody, we can't take it away from them. So that's the first thing that's wrong about people that think they can do healing work and heal somebody of their karma. Karma is individualized. I mean, what you do, you shall reap, period. There's no other alternative to that. You just can't give it to somebody else to take care of it. So I'm not saying I'm not helping people. We can help people and give them truth truth to how to find who they are because when they do they will have the ability to leave the lower realm at that point all right now i ask you about the lower realms let's go into that real quick at least basic because we're going to run out of time but and i want diana to real quickly diana do you feel like you've been called and then we'll go into the realms but I was, I was a nurse healer for all those years. I imagine I was called to heal the body, at least, but I believe in the body, mind, and spirit. So go ahead and let Tommy talk. Okay. Go back, Tommy. And then I want you to okay, do the now, realms. The and... hmm? All right. So, so reincarnates from the physical to the astral plane and back to the physical plane. So it came down from the higher world and, and took the body for the first time in the, in the physical reality. It doesn't mean planet Earth. It could have been an alien. It could have been another planet. But it was still in the physical reality, which is the first dimension. Uh, I mean, if you go into art and science, first dimension, second dimension, 3, 3D, 4D, uh, they show you dimensional, like you go from a flat drawing to a 3D drawing. And then you go into actual 3D where it comes out of the picture. And we say so we have 13, at least everything I've studied. We've always said 13 dimensions. Well, is, but see, there's always 32. And the, 32 the dimensions? Are, That's just like the yeah. Freemasons then, right? They say 32 and then plus well, 150. You know, I can only say by what I know is true. Each realm, all right, I, I, I'm, not, I'm just saying the number. Each realm has great. Well, let's get it this way. In, earlier in this live, you said 32, and then I thought you said 150. What were you talking well, about earlier? An ancient well, mystery see, school, how, 32? Well, see, the, Remember? The, uh, well, wait, here's the thing. There's five levels of the lower world, and there's, well, there's seven levels of the higher realm. And multiply three times seven is 21, and then if you multiply four by three is 12. 
And that, that brings you closer to the number of the worlds within the 13 realities of God's lower worlds and higher worlds. But the most important thing is the first five worlds, which have three dimensions in each. So if we talk about the physical and the astral plane, that's where 90% of all souls stay as they reincarnate and go back and forth too. So we, we have to deal with the three dimensions here. Uh, Tesla got into the third dimension here, not the sixth dimension. When he, when he created quantum physics and he opened up a vortex and he could put something inside it, that's still this reality. It's not going into the higher realms uh, or the higher, higher dimensions, whatever you want to call them. So he was working in that level, but he was working with alien technology. And, and it's based on what he created. If people ever knew all the stuff he created, he created 200 inventions. I mean, he changed the reality of the human race for a reason. But did he create a better society? I mean, again, so it's when you work with an angel, when you work with a deity, what are they really teaching you? So, it, again, it's not like, well, this deity told you to come down and heal people. We accept that. Jesus chose his mission. God didn't make him do it. I mean, it wasn't saying, I'm going to put you on this earth and you have to teach me. No, it wasn't like that. Uh, and, and Jesus died for one reason only, not because uh, God made him die or anything else. He was teaching something. If you're teaching about popcorn, you have to make popcorn and let the people eat it, right? For them to understand what popcorn is. When Jesus was teaching about death and life after death, he had to show it. In those days, there was no other way to show these people that life after death exists unless he came back from the dead. So if he didn't die, he could have never taught what he was teaching. Well, do you believe that in the uh, New Testament where he was taken up, the two other guys are standing there by him, and he leaves the planet? Do you think it was his soul or just his spirit? What what do you think ascended? Because some people say he went back up to a spacecraft. And a lot of people think well, that, no, you know, when they read that. Well, you know, UFO people convert anything that moves to a UFO. Like the chariots, flaming chariots. Oh, they had to be spaceships. I mean, the words they used were what they believed in at that time frame. But what they perceived, we have to realize, angels, deities, demons, and everything have a different vibration. Aliens have a vibration. They could walk through a wall, so they can change their vibration. Deities or demons can change your energy to be whatever they want. I mean, including well, what about shapeshifters when we're when we're dreamwalking well, in our lucid well, dreams? See, that's, that's different. Well, that's different because in the physical reality, it has to take on the physical form. Now, there's many people I studied with the native person that was teaching shapeshifting as well. I don't want to do it. I don't need to do it. But I was at my teacher. And we went to a town, driving to a city at 65 miles an hour, going to every streetlight, passing every car, and, and we got to the place where we wanted to go, where he wanted to go, and then he did some incredible stuff when we got there. But he made himself invisible. And he says, don't worry, they can't see us. So, I mean, it's shape-shifting, but many people in history have been shape-shifting or moved to two places at the same time. Uh, but that's only into the third realm of the physical reality. It's the third dimension, and not realms. Realms, I, I say, are beyond the dimensions. The dimensions are part of each reality, and it's through to each one. 
Uh, but like on the Astor plan, I say there's the beginning, the middle, and the end. And the last one. Well, is where did the, you get these uh, changes in your mind to accept? And if it's not in a world religion like Ekinkar, was it in Ekinkar you decide? Because all of this is sound, folks. Is he's communicating with words that we understand because we speak the same language, meaning English. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they were originally English in thought or creation. Uh-huh. I don't know if I explained this to you or not. Paul Twitchell, who created Ekankar, took it from Shab Yoga from India. All right. Paul Twitchell met with a woman. Her name's Alnick Alnick. She's 70-something years old. She claims to be one of the seven beings that came to this planet from Venus. She came here at six years old, and she taught that all her life. Uh, she just was out up at Mount Shasta last month. I wish I could have went to see her. But, Is it uh, all A-L-M-E-C, or how do you spell her name? A-L-N-E-C. I, I'll have to send you the link. I'm there with spelling. You know that. Uh, it's Alnek Alnek. Uh, just put uh, woman from Venus. Uh, but she she teaches oh, a lot of things. She's been around. She's been around since uh, 70 years ago. So she, yeah. said she started here when she took a body at six years old. It was seven. Now, Retter, the other guy that was in the White House. Omnic, Omnic. Okay, just right, for right, the right. people, let me let me spell it, Tommy, so people can find it, okay? Because we're bringing up uh, the Viragi Ekmaster Geico, Gecko, six million years ago, Venus. But uh, the Venus trilogy of Omnic, O-M-N-E-C, Onic, O-N-E-C. Before, uh, it says, the woman from Venus, Omnic, O-M-N-E-C, before I met, had met Paul Twitchell, the founder of Ekinkar, Paul knew me from the astral. So that was an interview with the woman from Venus. Tommy just mentioned, you can look up and get a PDF, HTTPS, you know, it's colon, forward slash, forward slash. You, 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 your eyes are used to seeing that. And then put O-M-N-E-C dash O-N-E-C dot com. And it says, uh, you know, it's a PDF. Look it up on Google. And an interview with a woman from Venus. We're not, you know, we're not, anything we talk about, folks, we're just talking generally entertainment, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't mean that we believe or don't believe. It's just, you know, we're just talking here. It's blog talk, what can I say? So tell people, did Paul Twitchell, was he the original, uh, it says six million years ago, Venus with the Variagi Ekmaster, but did he create Ekinkar? It says galactic.no.rune, Onek. What here? Well, see, here it was. Uh, see, Sean Bilger was around a really long time. Okay. Uh, and the Sean Bilger's. Uh, there was, and there what, was what, five of them. What country was that? India. It started in India. the late 1700s. Uh, and okay. then each one, one of them stayed in NASA for like 90 years. The other one was like 60 years. Uh to the one that's there now, who's one of the youngest masters of Chab Yoga, and then they split into two other masters. Uh, but Paul Twitchell went to India. He studied there for two years. He created Ekankar. Ek means the sound and light of God, and Ankar means the study of. So it was the study of the light and sound. But he took the words from Chab Yoga and added letters to them so that he could copyright them in his own words. So, That's I mean, smart. Uh, back in that day, well, now back in the day, no, we had was he before? Was he before uh, Eckhart uh, and 
he he came out of Jackie Brown, I think, nineteen sixty four. Eckhart and Ron Hubbard, you know, remember there's so many guys coming out. Uh they've invited uh the guy in the wheelchair before he died over to a meeting in I think it was San Francisco. Uh what was his name? And the you know, the scientist. We're not talking about spiritual people. What, Diana? I mean Okay, so we're talking we're talking folks, we're talking about different things like where we're getting all the realms and all the Eckhart, E C K R T and uh Eckenkar. No, no. Eckenkar. Eckenkar and Shab Yoga are the only two religions on this planet that talk about the higher realms at least. Uh, they talk about the gods on each one. Uh, now, even Alnek, Alnek, however you say it. Uh, now, she, she Alnek, Alnek. Yeah, I wanted to talk to her because she doesn't know anything about Jesus except what her race told her. In, in, on, on, on Venus, they told her the story of Jesus, so she doesn't know the truth about Jesus, which I wanted to talk to her about. I mean, I talked to her person that she lives with. Uh, if you want to charge me fifty dollars to talk to her, I said maybe I will when I get the money. Uh, but again, uh, it's still now she came down with Vector. Remember now he's the Invisible Man in the White House. There's a whole story on him too. Vector, Victor, uh, the unknown, uh, the unknown person in the White House. Like he he stayed at the White House for a couple of years, teaching there, and they didn't believe he was powerful. They tried to arrest him and everything else, and they brought him right into the White House. Uh, there's a couple books written on him, and, but he's one of the seven Venetians that came down to this planet. If you believe it. I'm not saying I'm 100% into any of it. Are they spiritual uh, or are they religious? Because they have a well, belief system or what? Are they spiritual well, or are they I, religious? You know, to me, spirit means God. Without God, it's it's religion. I mean, religion says God, but they don't know God. So you can't talk about something you don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's a contradictory. So, but he, but she was talking about their race, and see, they always talk about the race that brought that race there, and who brought this race here. They never get any further than that. Aliens can't. The human race is, I say, the most spiritual race out of all the alien races. Not the dimensional beings. Not the ones that come through dimensions and stuff, but the ones that have a body and have to travel on a spaceship. So they're solid beings uh, or uh, a, a solid vibration compared to a being that doesn't have to travel on a ship. Deities don't travel on ships. Angels don't travel on ships. But aliens have to. So there's a big separation between them. So when they say, uh, I work with an alien or I work with a god or I work with an angel, it depends how it appears to them. Now, even, I mean, going to the Bible, anybody in the Bible, when they said they met with an angel, like even Muhammad, he said he worked with Gabriel. How does he know it was Gabriel? The first time he met with him, he didn't know who it was. The second time he met with Gabriel, he said, oh, it's Gabriel. Now, any entity, and I work with demons as well. I did exorcisms. But when you work with an entity, they can say whatever they want. And that's like I got into a big debate with Janet. And she was talking, now she's going for her second degree in hypnosis. I said, you go to school all you want. You're not going to learn anything. Because if you're not spiritual enough to understand the inner worlds, you can't hypnotize a person and help them spiritually. 
Because when you hypnotize a person, which I tried to tell Janet, you hypnotize those entities and all the beings around that person, including the beings that are around you. And they are all willing to jump in that person and talk. So when you say, who are you? They'll say, I'm this or I'm that. It doesn't mean that that person that you hypnotize is that person. I studied with the top army hypnotist in the, in the uh, late 60s. He was hypnotizing the people in the army, and he proved that people could be taught to use a gun and kill somebody under hypnosis, which hypnosis says you can't do. So, yeah, it's a contradictory, and I only go to the truth, and I proved it to myself. I told you. I did the story on that. I hypnotized all my friends in my neighborhood, and I had them hypnotized for almost a year. And I could do whatever I wanted with any one of them, any time, seriously. So uh, the idea you can't make a person do what they don't want is a lie. It's called reconditioning. The heart system, if you listen to the special with Jesse Ventura when he had Albulic on, he says the heart system can reprogram anybody to do anything. And here's something people don't want to know. Ashtar Command was created. It's a certain vibration. If you adjust your vibration, you could be in tune with Ashtar if that's what you assume to be reality. But uh, the Army created it in the late 70s, or, or mid-60s, 70s, I should say. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we perceive and we say, oh, it's real. Experiences have to be proven the same as life has to be proven. How do you know you're even here? I mean, how do you know you ha- it's not the dream that you're in, your, you're in your dream right now? So all those things, there's ways to go about doing it. I mean, even past lives, when you go through your awareness of it, you can pull up artifacts and see if they existed or are real and places where you go. All this is critical because when you go through ascension, all this is let go because you already attained all this stuff already. You don't need to learn who you were in past lives. You already know it or you should know it because you can't rise into the mental plane or the soul plane being not aware. Awareness is all that matters in the higher realms. Because at that point, you are aware of what you can do as soul. And the higher you go, the more soul can do. So if people want to stay in the lowest level, I would always say, why? You live in a place of pain, suffering, and anger, and hate. Why not stay in the world that's beyond that? And, and even Buddha said, uh, not Buddha, uh, the Pope, uh, I'm wrong again. The Dalai Lama said, well, maybe in four or five lifetimes we'll be in peace. Well, if we were in peace, it lasted for a pretty long time. But it ended. Mankind, uh, when you give them the idea of freedom, free will, and, and, and take away responsibility, that's why mankind is changing the world to fit their reality of what they want it to be, even though it's not good. A good reality, and I'm not dreaming, I'm not a dreamer, a visionary, a visionary, for a good reality means people don't hurt each other. People don't shoot each other. People don't abuse each other. I mean, that's the starting point of a society that's going to be in peace. Uh, until that can happen, you accept each other for what they are. Why not be a black person? Why not be a red person? I'm red. Why do I want to be green? Why do I want to be white? Why do I want to associate with another religion if I don't want to? See, freedom and, and total freedom means we all have to agree on the same thing because otherwise it couldn't be total freedom. We all have to agree that smoking marijuana is good. We all have to agree that having multiple wives is good. We all have to agree on everything. Because if you're not, then you're not free. Or you can't have ten wives, then already your freedom's not there. The concept of freedom is totally ridiculous. Oh, you can do what you want, but you're going to pay for it sooner or later, and usually sooner. 
get on the highway and do 100 miles an hour and see how long you can do it before you get stopped and put in jail. I mean, when you think you have freedom, you don't. And when you do get freedom from God, it's not here. Because you, you can't do much here. Soul can't. I mean, that's why all of the abilities we had were taken away. And I say this over and over. I could list them. One psychic ability, the psychic ability to see the future, would destroy the planet within a year. That person could take all the money on the planet, create his own society, and destroy the rest of it. All they, if you could see one thing, one minute in advance, not 10 years, 10, 10 hundred years, just one minute. If you go to a casino, put $2 million down on a wheel, and walk out of there with what, $100 million? And then you could just take that and put it on another wheel and walk out of there with a, with a, with a billion dollars real fast. So psychic abilities would be abused now, and they are. When I was 16 and I started learning all my psychic abilities, I realized something really bad happened, and I realized they're not for this reality. They can't be used in this reality in a good way. I mean, I tell all the psychics, if you're so good at seeing, you could predict the future. Go to a casino, get $10 million, and build 10 schools for homeless women. Build 10 children's centers. I mean, you don't have to be, you could be Robin Hood. Do something good. You don't have to be bad. Uh, but nobody can do what they say. I mean, even these people that say I can call UFOs down whenever I want and things. Anytime they're put to a test, they can't. So psychic abilities that the men and women use today are just maybe like 1% or 2% of the actual ability. And it's hopefully it'll work, maybe it'll work, and, and see if it happens now. So those things, when you go through ascension, you have to have 32 psychic abilities under your belt, meaning able to do them all. Otherwise, you can't get there. So when Jesus was going through that, he was aware of all his abilities and was capable of doing them. So ascension is the most powerful word on this planet if you can go through it. Because you become soul-realized, and that means God-realized. You don't become God, but you're aware of what you are to God. Not just one cell of God, but an active awareness cell of God is so much different. An unaware cell or soul, which most people are, we're all part of God, if you want to put it that way. But if you're not aware of what you are, you're not that. If you're aware of the consciousness, how God creates and thinks, we can turn that into reality. But we're not. Most people are not. And I, and I, and I talk to people daily. I meet with people. I listen to people. I listen to people. Now, you, you mentioned conversation with God. I dealt with him a couple times. And I challenged him ten times. I said, you want to face the truth? Deal. Call me up. We'll talk for five minutes. Uh, the person that wrote uh, Saved by the Light. Now, he's a man of his word. He's a man of truth. He's a man of honesty, even though he claims to be a Luciferian. TJ? TJ, you there? Hello? Anybody there? I can oh, hear you. Oh, okay. Maybe TJ just had to step out. That's fine. Uh, but uh, when, when I talk to uh, Stay by the Light, Danny Kaysen, Danny Brinkley, sorry. Uh, and I had lunch with him in front of 13 people. Now, he said he was hit by lightning three times and died three times and his whole story. And that's how he wrote his book. And it was a bestseller for like three or four years. 
But I confronted him when I was at the dinner table with him. And I said, with all that, do you know God? And he stood up and he said it directly. I'm a Luciferian from the 1700s. My family were Luciferians. And I did, I'll have to reincarnate many times to pay off my pump. But he was 100% right on telling the truth. And I was shocked. When I, when I got to hug him after he spoke and everything, I never felt so much energy come from somebody claiming to be a Luciferian. He's not claiming to be spiritual, God, or anything even close to it. But he does more for hospice, active work in the United States than anybody else in the United States. So I consider him one of the most incredible people I ever met. To be in that space, to be real and honest. All these other people taking everybody's money, doing nothing except hoarding it. I challenge them. I constantly, I go on every day, write a letter to the Pope, I write a, write a letter to Deepak Chopra, write a letter to the Dalai Lama, I write a letter to Anatoly, uh, every day. I mean, when I see them put their saying up, which is, to me, totally ridiculous, I said, the world's not going anywhere if you tell them that. It's a lie, it's a useless lie, and it's telling them to live in dreamland. The world's not going to change unless people get after you. You're doing something. You're going out into the world and doing something. Sitting there and saying, well, I want the world to be better, doesn't change reality. So getting a job, helping people, going into somebody's house, cleaning their house, helping them, anything, it's help, it's work, it's active, and it's action. Action changes reality. Dreaming doesn't. Or the dreams are, dreams are important. And the person we had on yesterday started talking about dreams and how important they are. They are important, but that's a whole other teaching. You have to learn about dreams how to understand them, how to go inside them, how to rearrange them, how to get the teachings or what, what's being told to you with, from within them. And that's something very few people can do either. So we're moving forward, supposedly, into the spiritual realm and all these abilities that we had uh, and need are being, like, forsaken, uh, thrown out and not used. So until mankind is ready, which I think we kind of, past the boundary of going back into being a spiritual reality. Uh, I'm not saying that it can't, but I would really feel, and I just had three different people in the past three days agree with me, that the, the, probably 90% of the planet has to be taken away because they're already in the program state. And that's why Noah's Ark, when that happened, those people were already converted and programmed, and they're not, they were never ready to move forward. I mean, Moses, when he came off the mountain and killed all the people, well, that's a totally different story. I mean, he killed 3,000 people because he called them demons. And, I mean, when the British and the Spanish came to the United States, they called the Native people demons and killed them. When, when Moses brought the people to the Promised Land, they called them demons and just killed everybody that was living there. So it's a justification of being spiritual. You can't put the words together. They don't fit. And then religion, uh, if, it, if you follow the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt not kill, so you can't kill. So right there, it changes what these people say they are. You can't go in the army and kill somebody and say I'm a religious person because uh, taking somebody's soul and putting it out, taking it out of their body, uh, you don't kill a soul, but you kill their, their karma, their life, and everything else. And you do stop families from being produced on this planet, and that changes our reality completely. Nobody has the right to do that, I mean, with, with the laws of non-interference. In the physical reality. So we create this scenario 
uh, I think TJ left for good. I'm not sure if she's going to come back. But uh, and she did want to talk about Ascension and a couple different things. But just uh, on, on Ascension and Ascend, they are separate words. I think we have how much time left? Hold on. We have about 25 minutes left. Uh, I would like to just go into the differences on them a little. I uh, wish TJ was here because her and me really have to go through this in detail. But ascending means you move from one level to another level. When a person dies, their physical body dies, steps out of that body, and ascends to a higher level, meaning the astral plane, which it stays for a period of time. Now, the other word that people don't like to deal with is karma. You just don't say, I'm going to come back as a king next lifetime. I'm going to do this. People want to believe that. People say they do. People say they allowed aliens to come and induct them in this lifetime. But it's all about when you leave, the karma that you have determines whether you're going to stay on the astral plane or reincarnate. Most souls reincarnate. Very few souls stay on the astral plane. Now, the word ascension as I was explaining, once you overcome or attain all these different levels of psychic abilities and awareness, you don't have to come back. You can go past the astral plane. You're no longer working from that level. And in the astral plane, there's many things that keep us locked, uh, locked there because you still have attention on the body. And when we put a, an attachment to something, whether it's family or your body or an animal or anything even close to that, it keeps you there. The same on this planet, whatever you put your attention on, you can get, bring it into your reality. You put your attention on money, you go to work, you can make it. Put your attention on swimming, you go to the ocean and go swimming. But if you put your attention on something, you can bring it into this reality. So uh, if you hold on to this reality, you're not going to accept a different reality. So, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of noise on your end. I, I don't know what you, whether you're cooking, getting dinner, lunch, whatever. Uh, but uh, we each have to slowly become aware of who we are as soul. Now, when you're totally aware of soul, you're becoming spiritual. At that point, the body is not spiritual, and you don't need it. So you do let go of it. I mean, some souls, and, and you hear it, some, I mean, the song, Only the Good Die Young, well, when you're ready to leave, if you're aware, you can leave anytime you want. I was taught a technique, a Tibetan technique, if I wanted to stay here, how to take another body and stay on this physical world if I wanted to. But there's no reason for me to do that. I attained and I learned what I wanted and needed to learn in this lifetime already. So there would be no reason for me to stay here longer. Uh, especially in a different body. So there's, there's so many things that exist in this realm that pertain to spiritual and, and religion. Uh, but I would just say religion is more programmed idea and spiritual, spirituality uh, means more creative ideas, people creating ideas of what they think is real and not. Not that they can prove any of it because most of them cannot. And... In this world, for yourself, you need to prove everything. Good, bad, or indifferent. Because when it comes close to your body dying, and you're minutes away from leaving that body, 
suddenly everything you think you know will be put in front of you, and then you will see how much of it was real or not. And it doesn't. It's not going to take anybody else to say, "Hey, look, you thought you thought this was going to happen, or you thought that was going to happen." I had a teacher, uh, a Tibetan teacher, who died. I had a person who was a psychic that came over to me. And this one story for me. Uh, I, I, it's not going to change your experiences, but I was at a, at, a, at a powwow dancing, and this medicine woman came over to me and said, I, I need to read to you. And I said, why? And she told me all this about myself. And she said, there's a being next to you, a person, uh, and they want to tell you stuff. And she goes, he, they wanted to tell you that where they are is nothing like they thought it would be. Uh, and when you hear people talk to spirits and angels and, and, and people that passed over, why is it always about, like, what was your experience living? How about what are they really doing now? What, what are they? Are they going to stay where they are? What are they, what's going on there? I mean, learn about that part of life rather than, oh, you were in my bedroom and you, you left a rose on my door. I mean, that's cool, but it doesn't help soul. It doesn't bring more awareness to reality of who and what you are. And people don't like to dive into things that they're really afraid to get the answer to. I mean, what if everybody was told God didn't exist? I mean, that's a, I would never say that, but what if, what if that was the truth? I mean, would, would somebody tell me that? I said, well, that's because you don't know God. That's, it's that simple. But without the experience, and I tell people, experience in life is the only thing that matters. And you need to experience death. You need to experience outside the body. You need to experience things so you really know that they're real. You can't believe in something if you never saw it, tasted it, felt it, smelt it, or anything as about it. When you have a death experience, suddenly everything's real. When you have a sickness or something, sure, you're sick, your body's going through all this stuff. Uh, it's real, but it's not making you learn anything. So the experiences you put yourself through, you need to really work on the ones that are going to help you grow. So that's why I'm forming, trying to work this thing with TJ, where we can make classes to teach people different aspects of that. And you really need to go into each one of them in great detail. I mean... Protection is the number one thing people need to learn on this planet. Uh, to protect their soul from absorbing a lot more karma than they need to, or creating more karma, and how and how you go about life doing that, and how not to go about life and do that. So there's so many things that I hear when speakers talk about. Well, just tell yourself you're 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 everything, and you are always connected, and and you're gonna have all this money. But they don't go into the truth. They don't go into anything that's real. Sure, it'll make you feel good. And some people get a, a little more excited about doing something. But just being around groups of people. What was that? Oh, being around, to the dog. oh, all right. Being around groups of people help you become part of that energy, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, you go into a church, you feel the energy. You go into a, a rally, you'll feel the energy. Go into a, a protest, you'll feel the energy. And it becomes part of you. It affects you. How much you get totally involved and you get pulled into it. Uh, now, that alone 
should determine where you go, where you don't go, where you decide to put your body uh, while it's in a happy mode or sad mode. Uh, you don't want to go to a depressing place when you're sad. You don't want to do certain things when you're super happy. So we can learn a lot of simple things about creating karma and not creating karma in a really good way that will help us grow. And that growing means spiritually. And, and you're not spiritual until you are spiritual. And that happens when you're totally aware. And when I said you, when, when spirit or God grants you total, total freedom, soul is responsible for everything it does at that point. Uh, and staying here is probably the last thing that it will do. I mean, people that chose to give their lives to stay here and to teach people, how many people did they really help? It's a percentage, such a small percentage of reality that people really can change. But if God wanted to change reality of planet Earth or any realm, then we just have to step on the planet and say, hey, everybody, this is your last chance. You've got five days to do this. If you don't, it's gone. I mean, it would be that simple, just like the day the Earth stood still. I mean, that would be a wake-up call. And I still feel like that was my favorite movie because mankind's only going to wake up when they're forced to. When they're forced to do something, then they become active and then they do get involved. But as long as they're not being forced into it, they don't willingly jump into a situation. And for me personally, I always feel when a situation's happening and I'm in front of it, it's for me directly to do something and be involved to understand it. So... Uh, when we go through these experiences, realize we can put ourselves in stupid experiences and say that they're, they, we learned a lot, but are they the things you needed to learn? I mean, you, you constantly fight, you get hurt. I mean, how many times you got to do it to realize that's not the right way to go about doing a situation? Eating certain foods that make you definitely sick. How many times are you going to do it before you say, well, I'm not going to eat that no more? I mean, learning... And since we reincarnated so many times, we should have learned all the basics, not to stick your hand in a fire, I mean, things like that, that we should have learned many times after doing it many times. And as a child, because we're not aware of our past lives, we still do it. Uh, and I'm not going to go into my own experiences, but a lot of things when I was little, I knew. And I wanted to do it, but I wasn't allowed to, but I knew I could do it or I wanted to do it. Uh, and then when you do something, you say, yeah, I, I know how to do this. I mean, the old saying, I got on a horse and I could ride it. I, I just didn't know how, but I knew when I got on a horse. Well, most people have rode a horse in many lifetimes. So that's not one thing that they really need to learn. But as far as building a robot, building a spaceship, is it needed? Of course not. Should we do it? No, we don't. We shouldn't be, and that's not where our attention should be focused. So until mankind really starts looking at what we're creating, which is sad because it, it, there's not much good coming out of it. And I, I mean, all, and here's what I want to tell DJ, all new age people, most spiritualists say everything's good. It's going to be good. Going to be means somewhere in the distant future. I call that a futurist, saying that the future is going to bring better things. Well, better things happen when people become better. And until that happens, things become worse. And we're creating the downfall. I listened to a guy this morning who was talking about Notre Dame and he said, read the quote from Revelations. It gives the date and time. 
2012, I mean, 2021 and 22 is the disaster of the planet. From Notre Dame, uh, it's in Revelations. So, I mean, Notre Dame is quoting it. So, uh, is it important? People don't believe in the Bible. And most people that don't believe in the Bible, why do they believe in angels? Because 90, 99% of all angels that people talk to come out of the Bible. So we have so many contradictories on what's spiritual, what's not, what we put into religion. And if, we, if it's religion, we put it into spiritualism because we don't go to church. We don't have to deal with that church thing and uh, the Ten Commandments, well, they're outdated. I mean, well, the Jewish religion follows 613 laws of the Jewish religion from Moses. They can't live by 10 of them. Nobody can. So we have double stand- standards in everything. Uh, New Age people or religious people should have nothing to say about anybody else, which they all do. So if you accept the idea we're not supposed to have thought and, like, react or or actually take sides or be prejudiced, there's another program idea being forced upon us. If there's two groups of people growing, the the, the killers and the farmers, uh, and they, the killers say, well, we're going to kill all the farmers unless they become killers. So do you become a killer to survive? Or do you, the farmers aren't going to kill the killers. So it's, it's a scenario that we choose constantly. Well, we can't debate. We can't be prejudiced. If they're killers, am I prejudiced? Yes, I am. Are they rapists? Am I prejudiced? Yes, I am. Are they lovers? Am I prejudiced? Yes, I am. So it's it's what a person is is how we perceive them. We don't we can't say it anymore, but we still are. So we're going to take the next step, and, and hopefully TJ will come back. We'll be back next week uh, or during the week. Uh, I do my show on Wednesday, and, and on Wednesdays I'm trying to do debate a conspiracy theory, meaning whatever. I can find or come up with or anybody that I want to get to come on that will debate something, I will. And I'm totally open to debating anybody on this planet about any subject pertaining to spirit, God, death, life, birth, you name it. Uh, so that, that's always fun. For me it is, uh, especially if somebody comes on. I'm always ready to, to stand by my ground and stand by my truth. And very few people are. I, I explained when I met Danny, Danny Brinkley, he was one of the few people that stood by his truth. I give him credit. I'm not saying that, and I, I understand everything he said of his right and this, that, and everything, but he stood by his truth. And, and to say it in front of 13 people, I give him credit. Uh, so most people that have their truth cannot stand by it. Are you talking to me? Well, then they're willing to put their truth on the line because if their truth gets shattered, then they have nothing. Their truth can't get shattered. So it's it's a matter of life and death to me. Uh, it will be my life. It will be my death. But when people talk about their truth and uh, they know their truth, uh, Jesus will save them or Gabriel is going to protect them. And all these are, Torthy Atlantean will be there on their side. 
or the Anunnaki is going to come up and take them. Whatever the, the, their truth is, is it worthy of being the truth? Ascension is worth every speck of energy to get to it. And it will take everything, all your energy. I did a, I did a teaching called the Animal Tablets with the medicine one I studied with for two years. There's a physical technique you do. You do your whole meditation, your prayer, and your, not a prayer, but you do your uh, mudra with a mantra. Uh, it's a breathing rather than a mantra. Uh, I can do the movement with it. Uh, and you exhale and hold your breath, and then you go through the ascension into the pyramid, and then you go through it into the next realm. Science will never prove what a pyramid is. People will never be told the truth of what it is because the aliens, it didn't help the aliens, it didn't help the Egyptians. So how far do we think that, no no matter how far back we go in history, did it ever make us better? Well, from direct experience of my own, Atlantis was the land of the Garden Garden of Eden. It was the only time mankind, women, lived together. I just talked to somebody, they still believe that woman came out of a man. I said, well, you know, that's still saying God is a man. Uh, God has no female, male agenda. So when we, when we go into how man got here, well, we have to realize there was multiple races, multiple colors of races, multiple actual books and, and, and characteristics of, of races, all races have a different characteristic. To say that just living in a different temperature changes the size of your mouth, your lips, your legs, your feet, your toes, your ears uh, is ridiculous. Or they're changing the color of your skin. I mean, people, whether well, if you're in the sun, your skin gets dark. You get dark and burnt if you're a white person. Uh, and black people get burnt as well. But your skin doesn't turn a different color. We don't turn green or red or yellow. I mean, orange anymore. Or blue, for that matter. So, when we talk about these things, just I say whatever you're searching for, whatever you believe in, check it out. Follow it. See how far it goes. Pull everything you can up about it. I did that when I was little, about the Juno Mansion, about George Washington. Uh, Juno Mansion was had Madame Jumel there. I went to every library, pulled up every book, and, and I learned the history. And then I had a psychic I was working with when I was 16. She was raised as a psychic in, when, in the United States at that time. And she used to channel Madame Jumel, and I learned the real history behind it. And when you check it out, it only fits. It fits in, in, into reality. But, I mean, even that was a kind of a twisted story. When George Washington built the first house in, in Salem, not Salem, in Harlem, in New York City, that's where he built his headquarters. Uh, all of Harlem was a horse stable. And it, it's just amazing if you really search out the history and, and what was there and how it changed to what it is. It was the most haunted house in the United States, I would say, because of all the people that died there on the property, because George Washington had his battles there. So many people died in the house. Uh, even Aaron Burr died in that house. So it's an incredible story. But if you don't search the history, you're only going to hear parts of that 
which become a, a totally different story. So if you have a truth, prove it to yourself, prove it in detail. And if you do, then you can say, okay, I, I think I know. If you say, I think I know the truth, you're still not there. And when you say, I now know the truth, at least you're at a spot where you totally believe it, accept it, understand it, and know how it got there. Oh, I read this book, or I read this book. No, that's not truth. That's not experience. Uh, when people write a book about somebody else's experience, they're, they're losing about 70% of what really happened. The feelings, the emotions, and what really happened. I mean, Travis Walton did the movie Fire in the Sky. He wants to do it over because he said so many things were wrong. But years and years of, of an idea slowly changes for most people. Because or you add things and you change things, you make things a little bit better, fit a little bit better together. The further away you get from what you experience, the further the experience really is. It doesn't become greater over time unless you totally are in the experience and stay within it. So when you go through ascension, you go through it. You don't come back from it. Jesus ascended. He left the planet. Uh, ascension is leaving. It's not staying. Ascend means you can go to the astral plane and still come back. And that's because of the silver cord, which nobody talks about either. So there's things people let go of because they don't want to talk about it. Uh, and I relate to things that did. Shirley MacLaine is a famous actress. She actually put her life on the line by doing a movie of her story about death leaving her body, meeting with an alien, and all that. But she put it out there about how to do uh, astral projection, her out-of-body experiences, and she talked about the silver cord. She talked about everything she could. It's, it's still online. You can pull it up if you want to watch an old movie talking about truth. But she was going through it. And for her to come out, and her career was in the peak of everything. She was still in the peak of her career. To come out and say all these things that you did and, and, and experienced kind of makes you look like uh, when the two people about uh, uh, when Roswell happened, when they came out with a black person and a white person, and they were married, coming out saying that they were abducted or they saw a ship and all these little things that went down. It's hard because when you put your life on a line, you better be standing 100% in your truth. Or you probably wouldn't have even did it in the first place. So the truth is still always the most important way to go. The lies only take away from it and take, keep you further from getting to where you really need to be or you really should be going. So I'm coming close to the end. This was TJ Morris Radio. Uh, Tommy Hawksbud here. I uh, hope you listened. Hope you got something out of it. I mean, we got kind of twisted around a little different things. I mean, TJ always brings certain things in and then we get into another different thing. But uh, if we had corns and a few more corns, we could actually keep it a little more focused. Uh, but when we get into a class, it will stay within a specific topic the whole time. Uh, and I eventually, hopefully within a year, we do want to have a meeting somewhere in the United States, uh, a convention where we get together. I know Jen is doing her Cosmos thing. So I gave to the Cosmos, which was a name, and I know she wouldn't even admit to it, that my partner created six years ago when we were going to do our first UFO conference, and it, it collapsed. Uh, 
But in the interim, we need to go beyond the lies, the stories, the false truth. The only way you're ever going to get to the truth is by looking for it and staying in that path looking for it. I spent my whole life, I'm 65, I never stopped looking back. Always kept looking forward, cutting through the garbage, the weeds, the junk. And that's what you have to do in life. It's not an easy path. So please, open your mind, open your heart, figure out who you really are as soul, work at it. Because when you do, you'll only be happy about it. So with that, I hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next time. The shows are recorded. You can always tell your friends to listen in some other time. Uh, thank you, TJ. She's no longer here today. Uh, she had to do something. But uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in, too. I can hear your voice in a while. But uh, till next time, this is where you come. www.blogtalkradio, TJ Morris ET Radio. I mean, the names change, but you could always pull the site up and see when it is if you go into that site. So thank you for tuning in today. Uh, till next time, I will be on Wednesday uh, and Sunday. I don't know about Thursday and Friday. Uh, we'll see by the when that comes around. All right, peace, everyone. Hey. Take it easy. It was a pleasure. I'm glad you came in. Me too. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Awesome.